0: The Antichrist, driven by Satan himself, will use an economic sanctioning system to force compliance to his world government in the end time. Are we watching precursors to this right now? What is going on with the housing market, media propaganda, and drug companies? Is it just a coincidence that the world appears to be coming apart at the seams, or is it by grand design? We will analyze these questions on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. You know, in the end time, money will have a lot to do with the power of the Antichrist and Satan himself. They will use an economic sanctioning system to get control of your livelihood to force compliance to their system. And I'm going to be talking about precursors to that, things going on as we speak, this big trickle-down effect from the global elites into our communities. 1 Timothy 6.10, the Bible says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. I did not say the, the money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. You can go to heaven and have money. But when you get to loving money and will step on people to get money and be, uh, 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 run a corrupt organization and push propaganda for money, now you've got a problem. 2 Timothy 3, in the New Living Translation, the Bible says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. And then, of course, Revelation thirteen sixteen through 17 Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might be able to buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. An economically sanctioned, economic sanctioning system to force compliance to the, to get people to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. If he can get control of your money, your power to buy and sell, most people, the Bible says, everyone whose name is not written in the Land's Book of Life will fall to that. And they'll pledge allegiance to thereby worshiping the Antichrist and his global governing system. Economic control. Well, the... World Economic Forum's Great Reset, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, Build Back Better, and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals all have one common denominator. The control of other people's money. Because if you can get control of somebody's finances, you've got them, right? It's called wealth redistribution. Now, I want to be honest with everybody. I got an education today. I study this stuff all the time. been studying it for years. But I wasn't aware of a certain aspect of the trickle-down effect all the way from the Bank of International Settlements into our communities. And that's one of the things, my main point that I'll be bringing out today. How is this all working, this world governing system and everything? How are they going to bring it right down into our neighborhoods? Well, the Sustainable Development Goals. I'll start with that, then we'll get to the Federal Reserve, and then we'll get to BlackRock, and we'll get to all kinds of stuff. So the Sustainable Development Goals, they were unanimously adopted by 193 member states of the United Nations, including the United States, back in September of 2015. And those goals make up the international community's 15-year socialistic blueprint of global governance for every person on the earth. Remember, I said the common denominator of all of these is wealth redistribution and economic control. Well, the Sustainable Development Goals, this plan, this this, uh, Global Elites Plan is called Transforming Our World the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And it is a universal policy agenda designed to convert the nations of the world into a global community governed by the United Nations. And if they can get control of the economy in that country, they can control the country, right? You're controlling the wealth of the world. And I'm going to show you how they do that in just a moment. The agenda is comprised of 17 main goals, the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, accompanied by 169 focused targets designed to manage the planet. It is socialistic because the plan includes the socialistic principle of wealth redistribution. Somebody else redistributing your wealth. And states that it, they, it actually states that the reduction of inequality will only be possible if wealth is shared and income inequality is addressed. In other words, wealth redistribution. And it is also global governing of every aspect of every person on earth since the plan states, and I'm quoting, we commit to make fundamental changes in the way that our societies produce and consume goods and services. Governments, international organizations, the, the business sector, which is I'll get in deep uh, into here in just a moment, and other non-state actors and individuals must contribute to changing unsustainable consumption and production patterns. And the propaganda is that humans are using the Earth's resources at such a rate that nothing will be left for future generations. Every, every time you hear that, think of a lie. That's propaganda. That is absolutely not true. If all the governments of the world would get their hands out of the the farmers' cookie jars, we could produce uh, food like you can't imagine. But the governments are involved in just stymieing the whole thing. And therefore, the United Nations, the world government, must establish a master plan to govern the serfs or the earth's citizens. And it must, in true socialistic form, redistribute the wealth of the world so everyone is considered equal, control the, pop- the production and consumption of every person, strive to achieve universal health care. control the climate, manage our cities and infrastructures, govern the oceans, and govern land usage along with all ecosystems. It's, it's the uh, global government, 101. These are the Sustainable Development Goals this is world government. But how is they gonna implement that into our communities? I tell you what, everybody, it comes all the way from the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of the central banks. And we'll get deep into that on the other side of the break. Should get an education.
1: Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to intime.com slash Ukraine or call 800 intime. That's intime.com slash Ukraine or
2: 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling We will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you.
0: I chose to open with the Sustainable Development Goals today because I want you to know that all of this is happening by grand design to control every person on the earth. Do you think that the immigration problem on our southern border, do you think that's happening by, it's just a coincidence that it's by accident? Do you think our housing problem here in America, do you think that's by just, oh, that just happened out of nowhere? Do you think the ESG metrics being put on placed on uh, major corporations and um, the supposed climate catastrophe that we're living under, keeping everybody in fear mode, all these different huge things that are happening, all of a sudden, right now, just looks like the earth is just flying apart at the seams. What's going on? P- gas prices going up. Do you think that's an accident? Uh Taxes, tax rates going up because of this, the housing problem is driving the cost of, or the price of home values up, which allows the cities to tax you more. You think all of this is by grand design, or it's just it just happened by coincidence. It's just an accident, right? All of this. Well, I can tell you it's not. Remember the Sustainable Development Goals. So, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, their website says that council members make actionable commitments aligned with the World Economic Forum. So they're all in cahoots together, folks. And their International Business Council's pillars for sustainable value creation, people, planet, principles, and governance, and prosperity. So the Rothschilds, uh, Linda Forster Rothschilds over this, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, is working with the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and they say, what are they working for? To advance the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. What's that? The socialistic blueprint to govern every person on the planet. Their goal is to move people off of stakeholder shareholder capitalism and to implement stakeholder capitalism, which is where the public or the government has a say in how a company is ran and how the profits are distributed. The same thing goes for Build Back Better, and uh, along with Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum, The Great Reset. They're all in cahoots, everybody. They're not just, uh, you know, they're not working against each other. Or, hey, let's come up with this new plan, The Great Reset. But the Rothschilds, you work on something else. And then all the, the, uh, most of the leaders around the world, they're all talking about the Build Back Better. Uh, Antonio Guterres with the United Nations talking about Build Back Better. They're all saying the same thing because they're all on the same team. And globalist elites have known for decades that they would need to control the economy of every nation or other people's money in order to control the people. Now, I want to talk to you about the Federal Reserve, our Federal Reserve here in the United States. Every developed country in the world has a central bank. The Federal Reserve is our central bank. The central banks are all ran by the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of central banks. That is the hub. You need to do some research and look up the Bank for International Settlements. And get into, you know, don't don't go to the first page of Google and think you're going to get really what it's all about. You'll have to go several, maybe a maybe hundred pages back. I don't know. But let me just give you a, a little history on our central bank. Starts with Mr. Paul Warburg. Mr. Warburg was a member of the M.M. M. Warburg and Company bank family, one of the most powerful banking firms in Europe back in, what, um, 1895. Warburg married Nina Loeb, the daughter of Solomon Loeb, founder of the Kuhn, Loeb & Company, one of the largest banks in America. You've heard about all the bloodlines and all that stuff. Well, um, this formed an alliance between what was probably the largest banking firm in Europe, and that's the Warburg & Company, and then Kuhn & Loeb Company here in the United States of America. But we need to look a little closer at this uh, gentleman named Paul Warburg. In 1902... Warburg moved to the United States and became a partner in Kuhn, Loeb & Company. He also remained a partner in the Warburg family firm in Hamburg, Germany. So he's a key player in Germany, in Europe, since Germany is the heart of Europe, and he's a key player now here in the early 1900s in the United States of America. Because of his outstanding knowledge... (coughs) people thought he was the most knowledgeable person about banking on the planet. Because of his outstanding banking knowledge, he quickly became very influential in banking circles here in the United States. Now, also upon arriving in America, he devoted himself to writing papers about why America should have a central bank. Well, now we had uh, resisted for, what, since 1776, having a central bank, because our forefathers understood that if if you get a central bank that can control all of the economics of a nation, that they will soon enslave the people. So, we bitterly fought against that. And it had been tried several times, but we never allowed it to happen. However... Back to Mr. Paul Warburg, he began to write very persuasive papers as to why we should, in fact, have a central banking system here in the United States of America. Well, soon he acquired a a really powerful ally by the name of Senator Nelson, uh, man, Nelson Aldridge in Rhode Island. You may recognize the name Nelson Aldridge because his daughter was married to John D. Rockefeller. You see how all this is all intertwined together. Well, and their son was named Nelson Aldridge Rockefeller, who then became vice president of the United States of America. So you see how all this plays out over time. Anyway, he acquired this very powerful ally, Senator Nelson Aldridge of Rhode Island, the czar of the Republican Party, and chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. Well, they wanted a central bank. But there was so much opposition to it, they decided they had to do it in secret. So, in November of 2010, I'm sorry, November of 1910, someone said, hey, let's all go hunting. But none of them hunted. (laughs) So, Uh, Everybody watched everything these powerful bankers did, and so they had to be very careful. So they all had these gun cases, and they all got on the train to go to this secret, uh, quote-unquote, hunting trip, but it was actually a secret meeting on Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. Everything I'm telling you, you can go read about this stuff yourself. It's, It's everywhere. But under the guise of this duck hunt, Senator Aldridge and Paul Warburg and four other experts sneaked off to discuss bank reform at this secret hideaway on Jekyll Isle off the Georgia coast. Um, G. Edward Griffin wrote a great book called The Creature from Jekyll Isle. You want to read all about it? He did all the research. It's all there. It's very documentable. Now, in attendance uh, in this uh, secret meeting, was Henry Davidson of Morgan Bank, Frank Vanderlip of the National City Bank, Benjamin Strong, Vice President of Bankers Trust Company, Piet Andrew, the former Secretary of the National Monetary Commission and now Assistant Secretary of the uh, Treasury a few years ago. At that, uh, Well, I, sh- I should say, yeah, it was a few years ago at that particular time. The real purpose of this historic duck hunt was to formulate a plan for U.S. banking and currency reform that Aldrich could present to the Congress in order to establish a central bank here in America. Now, the secret meeting on Jekyll Island, which happened, uh, again, November, uh, November 1910, during the secret meeting of these powerful banking interests, the general outline of the Federal Reserve Act was determined. Paul Warburg was the principal architect. Remember, he was also involved in the big European banking firm, the Warburg Banking Firm. So the purpose of the Federal Reserve Act was to place... Now, very slowly here. The purpose of the Federal Reserve Act was to place control of America's money in the hands of these private bankers. If passed, the Federal Reserve Board would set interest rates and determine the amount of money in circulation okay now this w- at that time it was the job of the congress it still is the job of the congress but it was the job of the congress up until that point it's in our constitution that the congress is to set the interest rates but now you tell me go to the news right now and see if the interest rates are going to go up who raises the interest rates it's not our congress It's the Federal Reserve, right? The central bank that was established back in the early 1900s. But it's in our Constitution that the Congress is to set the interest rates, the Congress is to determine the amount of money in circulation, and that's how you regulate the economy, by an elected group of officials in the Congress. But it's going to now take that away from the Congress and put it in private hands the hands of these private bankers. Mayor um, Amschel Rothschild, you remember the statement he made? He said, give me a control of a nation's money, and I don't care who makes our laws. And they were grasping for control of America's money. Remember what the Bible said in the end time, the, 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 the love of money, the root of all evil. In the end time, people will love only themselves and their money. And that the world government will use an economic sanctioning system to get people to conform to or to bow down to their edicts. Well, here, here's an interesting quote from the Jekyll Island. If, if they said, and I'm quoting, if, if it were to be exposed publicly that our particular group, and he's talking about the elite bankers, had gotten together and written a banking bill the bill would have no chance whatsoever of passage by Congress. That was Frank Vanderlip, the president of the National City Bank of New York at that time. So what was the outcome? Well, on December 23rd, 1913, the Federal Reserve was enacted. The Federal Reserve Act became law, and stock was owned by private stockholders. They gave private banking interest control of the U.S. economy. And that's the way it is today. This is America's central bank, the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with our government. It's no more federal than you know Federal Express. It's a private group of bankers that now raise our interest rates, slow the economy down, lower interest rates, speed the economy up. Okay? So, the central banks across the globe are how the globalist elite control the world's wealth under the direction of the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank, that's the hub, of the central banks around the world. Now, how could this play out right here in the good old U.S. of A.? Well, according to the news uh, source, the conversation together, BlackRock, these investment firms, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street have nearly 11 trillion in assets under management. That's more than all sovereign wealth funds combined, and over three times the global hedge fund industry. Very powerful, influential investment firms. Together, they call them the big three, are the largest single shareholders in much of the S&P 500 firms. Now, folks, I got to tell you, the rest of this, well, I should say much of it, was an education to me. I follow this stuff all the time. But I did not not realize, I wondered, because my wife and I, my wife Jana and I sold our home about six or eight months ago because the market was up and we thought, hey, we'll sell our home and we'll use the money we make off of that to put a down payment on another house and, hey, we'll we'll get another house, we'll make a little money. Well, we sold our home. But, oh my goodness, right now I'm living in a, what, like an 1,100 square foot apartment because housing prices have skyrocketed. And for me to jump out into the housing market right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay so far over what the houses are worth, I'm not going to make any money, I'll probably lose money. And this is what's happening around the United States. So, got to doing some research, trying to figure everything out. And, oh, my goodness, did I get an education? A lot of people think, oh, and I've talked to, I've talked to realtors that are like, really just don't know what's going on. Uh, one thing, I had a lady that was in my Bible study last Thursday night. She's a realtor. And she told us, she said, you know, it's crazy because a lot of corporations are buying up Entire neighborhoods and then renting them out. And I thought, really, that uh, you know, I thought a few corporations here and there. But she said, no, they're buying up all the property and renting out the homes. Well, I got to doing some research, and I tell you what, on the other side of the break, I'll educate everybody.
3: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day.
0: come up on my news feed this morning, on um, one of my Google alerts. And the title of the article was from, uh, well, this is one of the ones I found from that was News Voice. Dr. Joseph Mercola, who will eventually, and the, his question to us is, who, this is the title of the article, Who Will Eventually Own Everything, Including You? And so if you want to look up that article, that's the title, Who Will Eventually Own Everything, including you. Make sure you get the right one with Dr. McCullough. And he says, he talks about the malicious plan to abolish home ownership. Now, I'm going to tie this into the central banks here in just a moment. Because all of this is by grand design, folks. This is not happening by accident. So, he states, BlackRock is buying up homes. I thought, BlackRock's buying up homes... I didn't know that. I knew that there were, according to my realtor friend, who I've known for years, she said there are corporations. I didn't know it was the BlackRock investment firm. Went and did a little research and there are many reputable news sources that are saying BlackRock is buying up neighborhoods and renting them out, turning them into rentals. Uh, Tucker Carlson did one. I'm sitting here looking at the article. BlackRock and other investment firms killing the dream of home ownership, the journalists say. Now, there are fact-checkers that are saying, oh, no, BlackRock's not doing that. But, of course, the fact-checkers are always right, right? So, there are reputable news sources saying that it's happening. So, what happened? In this guy's article, I pulled some excerpts from that. It says, by now you may be familiar with the World Economic Forum slogan. By 2030, you will own nothing. Well, to that end, BlackRock, this major investment firm, And other investment firms are currently buying up many, many, many uh, single-family homes and making cash offers of 20 to 50% above the asking price. I showed my wife this, and I said, now, we're wanting to buy a home. What do you think the chance of that is? I mean, unless we go out and buy a 1,500-square-foot, you know, with, with one bedroom or something. But depending on where you live... You may have noticed, and I'm, I'm uh, some more excerpts from the article. Depending on where you live, you may have noticed that homes are selling within hours of being listed, making house hunting nearly impossible. Home buyers uh, in the in the author's home state of Florida is certainly experiencing this phenomenon. Investment firms are also buying up entire neighborhoods. As just one example, there was he gave of a. A 124-home neighborhood in Conroe, Texas was bought for $32 million, 20% above listing by Fundrise, LLC, a real estate crowdfunding company, with which then turned around and made all the homes into single-family rentals, SFRs. Remember that. According to the investment experts, SFRs are exceptionally attractive investment assets. And this is one aspect driving the trend. Demographic changes such as millennials starting families and affordable constraints are also said to be driving these driving factors. They can't afford to buy a house, so they have to rent. But that really does not explain what's happening. Well, he then goes into the war against private property. This is where my, I mean, my antennas went straight up. Because I understand about world government. I understand all of that and the need to abolish public ownership of property. Well, he goes into this war against private property. Buying a home has been part of the American dream since the founding of the country. It's been a significant part of financial success. Buy a home, gain equity, sell it. That's what we were trying to do. Me and my wife just did this. And now I'm in an apartment. And so now, lower-to-middle-class Americans are being intentionally positioned to become permanent renters, which means they cannot build equity. Their ability to purchase a home, even if they can afford it, is being stripped from them by companies that can outbid them with cash offers. In a recent episode of 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl actually did a good job exposing why home prices are going through the roof. It's not just that these... Investment companies can snap snap up homes with the click of a button, but they're also artificially driving up prices of both homes and rents. For example, rents in Jacksonville, Florida, rose an average of 31% in 2021. Austin, Texas, saw rents jump as much as 40%. The reason appears to be twofold. We're not building enough... The article says we're not building enough housing and what is being built is being bought by corporate landlords at above-market prices. You can't compete with a BlackRock, can you? No way. Unlimited resources, almost. Corporate real estate investors don't even look at the homes they're bidding on and typically waive inspections. The home can be any shape and and sell within hours. And Leslie Stahl, in 60 Minutes, noted that... uh, it puts first-time homebuyers at a serious disadvantage as they have many hoops to jump through before they can secure a loan and close the deal. Now, I never thought I'd be talking about home buying on our end-of-the-age program. <laughs> You're probably sitting there going, Dave, what in the world's going on? But listen, it goes so much deeper than this, it's not even funny, you guys. Government estimates, I'm going to tie this into to the central banks and everything here in just a moment, which is something I didn't even know was happening. Government estimates were currently uh, 4 million homes short, and that shortage continues to grow. So you can imagine why the pricing is where it's at. One real estate investment firm interviewed by Stahl states that they list on average two to 300 homes for rent each week, but they received 10,000 leasing inquiries weekly. So, then the author, and this is what I want us all to pay close attention to, because this is what started to shock me. The not-so-hidden wealth redistribution. I thought, wait a minute, wealth redistribution, that's socialism. So, the author says, as noted in a tweet by Cultural Husbandry, This is wealth redistribution, and it isn't rich people's wealth that is getting redistributed. It's normal American middle class that uh, the salt of the earth wealth heading into the hands of the world's most powerful entities and individuals, the traditional financial vehicle is gone forever. Now, I'm not saying the sky's falling and all that. I'm not into fear tactics, but I'm telling you what's going on. This is my main point, and I highlighted this. And I'm quoting, home equity is the main financial element that middle-class families have used for decades to build wealth. Listen at this. And BlackRock, this investment firm, a Federal Reserve funded... Did you hear what I said? Stop right there. A Federal Reserve funded. Now... What's the Federal Reserve? I told you that in the first part of the program. The Federal Reserve is our central bank, which is ran by the the Central Bank of Central Banks, the Bank for International Settlements. Now you can see how it can trickle right down into your neighborhood and my neighborhood. The Federal Reserves can funnel money through an investment firm to buy up these neighborhoods and turn them into rentals, and when the World Economic Forum says, hey, you'll own nothing and be happy, this is how it can happen. Me and my wife are having a hard time finding a home right now. And now I'm getting the big picture of all of this. BlackRock, a Federal Reserve-funded financial institution. I thought, now, BlackRock, I mean, there's people that are investing in that. I mean it's it comes from people investing in the S&P 500 and all this and but but when I looked it up and you look up um go to Safari if you go to Google you're not going to find anything on it but if you go to Safari and you look it up you look up um the Federal Reserve funds BlackRock and there is article after article after article where the Fed is putting money lots of money of our taxpayer money into buying bonds, different things from BlackRock. And there are other um, financial investment firms that are saying, what are? why are you going just straight through BlackRock? Well, there are tons of people, tons of investment firms that you can go to, but they're just going through BlackRock. Now, am I saying BlackRock is all in cahoots? I don't know anything about BlackRock. I don't invest in that. And so the... Um, I'm, I'm, I, all I'm doing is telling you the education I'm getting because the Federal Reserve is funneling a lot of money through BlackRock. Where does the Federal Reserve get their... Uh, the central banks are getting their orders from the Bank for International Settlements, which is where they all meet, set the uh, agenda, and then boom, they all take off to implement that in their different countries. Our Federal Reserve is our central bank. Well, this article said, the, and BlackRock, a Federal Reserve-funded financial institution is buying up all the houses to make sure that young families can't build wealth. This is a fundamental reorganization of society. Now, they're not buying up every home. I, My son-in-law and daughter bought a home, I don't know, maybe three or four or five months ago. And they had to overpay for it. I think they paid a lot. But, and hopefully there will come a deal up for us. I'm asking for God's will You know, maybe God just wants us in an apartment throughout the end time. I don't know. But I know the down payment that I have is sitting there becoming less valuable because of the interest rates are going up. Okay, I don't want to go into all that. So, but that's what's happening to a lot of you. I guarantee you there are people listening to me that's going through the same thing. There are people in my apartment building that we've talked to that did the same thing we did. They sold their house and now they're living in an apartment because they can't buy one. Unless they pay thirty to $50,000, $70,000 over asking price because they're getting in bidding wars. It's going crazy. Okay, so you see how all this can tie into the attack on public property ownership. Okay? The article goes on to say, Indeed, and it's right in line with plans for societal reorganization described under banners such as, the Great Reset, I didn't write this. The Great Reset, Build Back Better, Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 for sustainable development. Uh, folks, I've been teaching about this for months and months. Glenn Beck has been talking about this for months and months. Many people. And, wow, the, the, it says the, um, the agencies all work together towards the same goal, which is a global monopoly on ownership of wealth, And a clear separation of the haves and the have-nots. You remember the original Communist Manifesto? The haves and the have-nots. The proletarians and the bourgeoisie. The owners and the owned. And the rulers and the ruled. And the elite and the serfs. That's the goal behind all of this, everybody. And the Bible says, in the end time, there's going to be a world government that will demand absolute obedience and a demand of pledge of allegiance, thereby worshiping them. And they're going to try to economically sanction you into doing that. Can you see this as a precursor to that? Now, I, I, I'm not sensationalizing. I'm not making things up. I, I would never do that. Myself, Doug and Vince, will never sensationalize and make things up. I'm not into that. I don't like when people sensationalize things to me. We won't do that to you. I'm telling you, all this is documentable. I looked, at, I, I documented most of it, and I went through so many websites, and it's just right there for us to read.
4: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning, over 30 years ago, when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month.
0: You know, everybody, I've talked about the Sustainable Development Goals ever since they were passed. Uh, uh, Pope Francis's, uh encyclical in 2015 was all about pushing this huge propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, calling for a world government. They did all that on purpose. He wrote the encyclical in June of 2015 because the the vote where the sustainable development agenda was supposed to be passed was in September of that year and the Paris Climate Agreement was going to be adopted in December. So all of that and Pope Francis spoke before the sustainable development goal was held or the the vote was held. And so I've talked about this for years. But the article states this. I didn't write this. I'm, I'm taking excerpts from this guy's article. You got to read the article and see the videos that accompany it. Sustainable development agenda is a plan to enslave you. The article says the war against private property goes back decades. In 1976 during the first United Nations conference on human settlements called Habitat 1 and 8 the UN stated in item 109 land cannot be treated as an ordinary asset controlled by individuals, and subject to the pressures and inefficiencies of the market. Private land ownership is also a principal instrument of accumulation and concentration of wealth, and therefore contributes to social injustice. If unchecked, it may become a major obstacle in the planning and implementation of development schemes. Public control of land use is therefore indispensable. They don't want me to own a home. They don't want you to own a home. The idea apparently is that private investment firms like Vanguard, BlackRock can prevent social injustice by buying up all the private property and renting it out. This way, no one except their investors can build wealth. Well, private property and freedom are inseparable. George Washington that is that is this is why um, equity, this is what equity is all about, and it has to do with equality. Social e- equity is incredibly unfair, and as it strips those with talent and drive of the ability to make something out of themselves, right? So, private property and freedom are inseparable the UN's Human Settlements Agenda, Agenda 21, 2030 Sustainable Development Goals Agenda, are in direct conflict with the U.S. Bill of Rights and the founding principles of this country. George Washington said, private property and freedom are inseparable. Similarly, John Adams stated that property must be secure or liberty cannot exist. Back in... uh, 92, at the Earth Summit, under Secretary General of the Convention on Climate Change and Executive Director of the UN Environment Program, Maurice Strong, many of you have heard of that name, he stated that current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class involving high meat intake, consumption of large amounts of frozen and convenience foods, use of fossil fuels, appliances, Home and workplace air conditioning and suburban housing are not sustainable. Okay, are we seeing that play out right now? Some of these things that were talked about back in 1992. Well, if meat consumption, frozen foods, fossil fuel use, home appliances, air conditioning, and single-family homes are unsustainable, then it stands to reason that the goal of any sustainable development scheme to eliminate all of those things, right? You say, I was driving the other night, me and my wife in the car, and I said, there are, look at how many millions and millions and millions of cars there are on the road that run off diesel and gas. And Joe Biden said during one of the debates with President Trump, we need to, the United States needs to move off of the oil and gas industry. And he still got put in the White House, folks. Come on. Uh, well, here I go again. Come on, man. Go back to Joe Biden again. I mean, this is easier done in some countries than in others, right? I mean, as, exam- as explained by the Cook Country News Herald back in 2012, they said because Congress does not agree to all these United Nations schemes to steal our property and destroy our economy, they- these are passed by a fiat, executive orders, proclamations, directives, and generous grants given to local communities. In short, the technocratic elite are trying to circumvent the U.S. Constitution and our Bill of Rights through these various means, such as the effort to make the United Nations and World Health Organization into global centers of power. That's what the United Nations was designed to be, right? With member states being forced to comply with whatever agendas they set and thereby undermining national sovereignty. Isn't that a neat thing that, hey, I'm a central bank, I want to, uh, you know, do away with uh, personal ownership of property, so I'm going to go in and just buy everything up through these major investment firms. Look it up, everybody. You know, as in the article says, as explained in Agenda 21, um, it doesn't stop at restricting private home and land ownership. It also includes seizure of private property, forbidding human access to land, uh, relocation of people from rural areas to cities, which brings additional taxation, water use restrictions, restricting the amount of waste uh, that you're allowed to produce. I mean, this is the Sustainable Development Goals 101. Forced community involvement, manipulation of transportation patterns, and increased gas prices to restrict travel, all in the name of, quote unquote, saving the earth. Have you heard uh, what Donald Trump's talked about lately? That we're sitting on a vast sea of resources? That we've got, you realize when he was in office, right before he left, we were an energy exporter, we were energy independent. But it wasn't just, it was no time before gas prices shot up, we shut off pipelines. I mean, and here we are from an energy exporter to everything is shut down. Did all that happen by accident? We blamed all that on COVID and everything else. We blamed everything on COVID. And the thing is, it's like pea soup. I got to tell you this. My father-in-law had this favorite thing. When somebody would give him an excuse, he would say, that's just pea soup. What do you mean by that? Well, he said there was a guy, a neighbor, that come over to one guy's house and he said, can I borrow your axe? And the guy said, no, i got to make pea soup. And the guy said, what does your making pea soup have to do with me borrowing your axe? And the guy said, nothing, but I didn't want you to borrow my axe and one excuse is as good as another. Well, that's the way it is on these crises. What's this crisis got to do with our energy exporting and, and all of a sudden? Not, they, nothing. But one excuse is as good as another. It's just pea soup. And so this is where we're at, folks. I mean, I'm living through this housing shortage thing right now. I know many of you are going through it as well. I mean, in Dallas, it is horrible. Horrible. Houses are going for unbelievable amounts of money. So, in short, the global elite want you to believe that the only way to save the planet is for you to be their slave, their serf. It's a tragic, ultimate outcome for sure. If they are successful, virtually, all of our constitutional rights in the end and freedoms will be eliminated. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen for sure in the United States as far as it's going to come to fruition and everything's going to be abolished. I don't know how this is going to play out here in the United States because I know the Bible says we're not going to be fully engaged in the world governing body in the end time. But imagine being one of the other countries that are already socialistic leaning and I mean, we're, if you know, we've, if the guy in our White House, folks, our administration is very socialistic leaning. And, you know, also... They're talking about the farmland. Whoever owns the farmland dictates food policy. You know, private home ownership isn't the only thing threatened by the encroaching monopoly of elites. Bill Gates is now one of the largest private owners of US farmland. What is he doing? He's also invested in synthetic the synthetic beef industry. And not surprisingly, He's been calling on uh, Western nations to transition to 100% fake beef. Now, I don't know where y'all are from, but down here in Texas, I promise you we would know the difference between fake beef and real beef. And I know I'm jesting, but man, you got to laugh to keep from crying, right? And they're doing that. He's doing this all in the name of saving the environment. No, it's all in the means of. It's all under the guise of control is what it is. It's the same argument pushed by Agenda 21 and the rest of the sustainable development schemes. And that's what they are. The sustainable development goals are simply a scheme. It's a blueprint to govern everybody's life on the planet. And the Bible specifically prophesies about a world-governing body in the end time. And I'm almost sure... I don't know this for sure. I'm almost sure the Antichrist will be a vegetarian. He, he's going to be everything, trying to be everything to everybody. If you're a vegetarian, that's fine. I just, you know, the Antichrist, I don't know. I'd love to meet him someday. I don't know. I'd love to teach him a Bible study and pray for him. I know that sounds crazy, but man, I I, I just, ugh. Media and medicine are also completely controlled. You understand that? Mainstream media and the pharmaceutical industries are two of the other important areas that have been taken over by this monopoly-centered deep state. Both industries are overwhelmingly owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. So to think the mainstream media will report on the truth is foolhardy, to to say the least, especially as it pertains to the health and medicine. You know, the Jerusalem Post used to be a good resource way back in the day, but now very liberal. I saw I saw a, a an article on the headlines of Jerusalem Post the other day that said ivermectin is not an effective um, medicine to use against COVID, and I thought, well, well, hold on a second. I took ivermectin when I had COVID, and come right out of it. Uh, so I'm I'm just telling you, there's so much of the news media you can't pay a bit of attention to, and. Rights and Freedoms, they reported that uh, when it comes to the New York Times, as of May of 2021, BlackRock was the second largest stockholder of total shares just after the Vanguard Group, another investment firm, which owned at that time the largest portion. In addition to the New York Times, Vanguard and BlackRock are also um, the top two owners of Time Warner, Comcast, Disney, News Corporation, Four of the six media companies that control more than 90% of the U.S. media landscape. So, you know, everybody, I just wanted to kind of give you an education, let you know what's going on in the world today. And is it doom and gloom? No. If I'm serving Jesus Christ, it's not doom and gloom to me. I'm actually excited. I'm energized. um, But you need to be aware of what's going on. I'm looking for the Great End Time Revival. The world government can do what it wants. But the Bible says during these last days that they that do not know the gods shall be strong into exploits. They that understand among the people will instruct many. We've got to talk about this stuff because it's happening in the world right now. And we want you to be aware. God bless.